0: Good evening everyone good evening uh like judy mentioned i am tina lee and i serve as the campus director of this chapter of emmaus right um but before we go into the message let me uh open us up in prayer let's pray god i thank you lord um That, yeah, when you walk into this room, everything does change. And, God, I thank you, Lord, that when we walk into your presence, we change. And, Father, I pray that tonight the word, may it go in deep. Father, as you reveal to us who we are in you, Lord, I pray, God, our minds to be alert and awake, God. I pray, um, yeah, just the revelation of your love for us, God. So, Lord, I bless this time. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wow, I see a lot of new faces here. Hello. <laughs> All right. Yes. Let's go straight into the word, no? Okay. <laughs> so the title of this message is called, it's Favorite One. Favorite One. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, I know that I'm my dad's favorite daughter. Not because I'm his only daughter. <laughs> but I know that I'm his favorite daughter. And me and my brother, we always, like, sort of um, chit-chat. We always, like, fight almost. we like, uh, I'm Appa's favorite. Uh, and my brother, no, 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 I am. And I'm just so confident that my dad loves me so much. And I'm so confident that my dad is for me no matter what. And so it's it's crazy because i'm just it it doesn't matter what i do like for me for example me being here my dad is like all for me me being in korea my dad is like that's my daughter he doesn't even know what i do actually like he knows i'm in full time ministry but he doesn't know what i do like he doesn't know i serve as campus director he doesn't know that i'm a part of like he knows i'm part of a english ministry called new philly but Ultimately, though, he doesn't exactly know that I'm standing here before you guys preaching. He doesn't know that I come every day, meet with students, and see your lives be changed. He doesn't know any of that. But my dad, the only thing that justifies his love for me is the fact that I'm his daughter. And the only thing that makes him proud of me is the fact that I'm his daughter. And this is where I want you guys to start this semester. So tonight, we're going to go into the story of Joseph. And I know the four-year students know this already, but I love Joseph. I love Joseph, and I love the story of Joseph. And his life is feel. It's like this. It's not some crazy, you know, linear, exponential, you know, he starts at a place of his, you know, Like, he doesn't have everything put together. His life is not put together for him. He goes through a lot of junk. But what separates Joseph is the fact that no matter what he went through, he knows that he's the favorite son. Okay? And so let's go into Genesis 37, 1 through 4. All right, I'm just going to read this for y'all okay genesis seven thirty seven one through four Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being seventeen years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Billah and Zilpah, his father's wives. Mm. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. The first point is this. Joseph was chosen as the favorite son. If you're taking notes, write that down. Joseph was chosen as the favorite son. And here in, this, here in this passage, we're finding that Joseph received this robe of many colors. And this robe of many colors signified the sign of the father's special favor over him. Right? And in the past, in the past what, what the robe of colors meant was that it was worn by nobility right? Meaning that Joseph was not only special to his father, father's eyes, but he was given the nations as an inheritance. Like he was nobility like that. Peop- when he wore that, it was like, that's right. I'm I'm royalty. Like, notice me. I'm the favorite son. And, and from his father's favor, we can see that he was God's, he knew he, who he was as God's favorite son. All right. And This is also evident in the life of Jesus, okay? And if you go into Matthew 3, 13 to 17, it's it's when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Uh, The spirit of the Lord came upon him, right? And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. But wait a second. Wait a minute, whoa. Did Joseph do anything to receive his father's favor? Mm Mm-mm. Joseph was his favorite son just because he was a son of his old age, right? And was Jesus, did he do anything? No. Joseph and Jesus didn't do anything to receive the father's favor. They did nothing. Nunca. Nothing, okay? They did nothing to receive the father's favor. And this is crazy, right? And I gave you the example of myself, right? I know that I'm my dad's favorite, favorite daughter, okay? Joseph and Jesus knew that they were God's favorite. Joseph knew that he was Jacob's favorite uh, daughter, son, And Jesus knew that he was the father's favorite son. Let that sink in. Because now this is when the crazy stuff happened, okay? This is when the crazy stuff happened. You think that this Christian life, you know your favorite son? And and it's like, yeah, 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 I'm I'm favored. I'm favored by the father, right? But does that mean life will be easy? Uh, I'm... I'm sorry if you thought that would be the case, (laughs) but no, it's not, okay? Life doesn't get any easier. One thing about the enemy, right, Satan, is that he wants to destroy you. (gasps) He wants to destroy every bit of your identity. He doesn't want you to know who you are. He doesn't. And so even if you see Jesus' life, Jesus was tempted, you guys. He was tempted. And as we see the life of Joseph, we're going to see that Joseph was also, he went through a lot of stuff that could have shaken his identity. But for him, he stood firm in his identity as the favorite son. Shall we look deep? Okay. Let's go to Genesis 37, 5 through 11. Okay. Let's read this together. Mm. Everyone's there. So, one, two, three. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed, Bef- binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us, or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. <laughs> Number two, Joseph's response to rejection. We're going to see what he, how he responds, okay? There's this one strong word in this passage. What was it? Joseph, uh, Joseph's brother, did they love him? Did they celebrate him? They hated him. They hated him. And you know what? I sort of understand why they hated him, okay? He was cocky, (laughs) all right? Joseph was not really mature back then. So he got all these dreams, but he didn't have the wisdom to speak it with discernment. So he was basically saying, you guys are going to bow down to me. That's it. You guys are going to bow down to me. That's it. And if you guys put yourself in the brother situation, would you be like, yeah? Heck no. I'd be like, what the? (laughs) Who? Are you right? I would not feel. I, I would be like, no, 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 right? So I understand why his brothers did not like him. However, what's so interesting is that Joseph was not phased. Think about it. Like at school, put yourself in Joseph's a very immature state, and you're walking around, and be like, I'm the favorite one. I'm the favorite one. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I I know I'm awesome right, and you, you come off as sort of cocky, <laughs> I don't think people would really like you. <laughs> Sorry to say. If I was like that too, I don't think people would really like me. And honestly, in the beginning, uh, like when I first received this identity as an exchange student, when I went home, I felt like I could conquer the world. So I was like, <laughs> it doesn't. I don't care what you think about me <laughs> at all. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. So I even went to my cousin, and I was talking to him, and I'm like, "Opa, I don't care if you judge me. I don't care if you talk about me. Like, I know that I'm going to be successful. I know that God loves me. I know that he has a crazy plan for me. And looking back now, I, I came off as really immature. And he, he was like, who do you think you are? Like, who even said that I don't believe for you? But even my cousin, I I made it seem like he was against me. And I'm like, you don't believe for me. So I don't care what you think. I don't care if you laugh at me. I don't care about anything. I know who I am. And that's where I ended it, right? And it wasn't really good. (laughs) This was also the case when I went back home with my friends. My friends, like, backstory, I used to be very shy. And so for me to really grasp this identity, it was a big deal for me. And so like I said, when I went back home, I felt like I could conquer the world, right? Right? Even my friends they were so so turned off and thankfully half of them know Jesus and so they loved on me still. the other half really did not like me. <laughs> okay so what Joseph did Joseph's um, way of doing things wasn't the wisest. however what I want the root of it is that he wasn't phased by the rejection. He wasn't moved by the rejection. I want you guys to take that gold, okay? He wasn't moved. Because everything else you guys do, God will give you wisdom. But that's the meat of this part is Joseph was not moved. He wasn't fazed by how much his brothers hated him. He knew he had vision. He knew what God gave him. He, God gave him these dreams. God gave him these dreams. So, right? What would... what? God gave me these dreams. Man, if I got a dream like that too, I would be like, no, I could do anything. And like I said, for us as, as believers, God gives us vision. But we need, we need some wisdom behind that, okay? Um, and in verses 12 through 17, just a brief summary, Jacob sends Joseph to check up on his brothers who are pasturing the flock, right? Joseph, in this case too, he already knew that his brothers were angry with him. He already knew it, yet he's like, oh, whatever, like I already know, but I'm just gonna go and basically tattletale on my brothers and let them like let, let his father know what was happening. So he was going like uh like a teacher's pet, but a father's pet, right? He knew he was the favorite son, so he was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the pastor and see how you guys are doing and tell dad everything that you guys are doing. His brothers did not like that. All right, yet. This this is how, I know it sounds really funny, but the root of who we are, we should be like so confident. And Joseph was so confident in, in his father's love for him. Right? It didn't matter what other people were saying. It didn't matter if his brothers hated him. He was so confident. And honestly, for me, if someone said they hated me right away, I don't think it would be that easy for me to be like, I don't care what you say. Isn't this the case at school? Right? Our natural tendencies to please people. Who in the world would want to be hated by your classmates? Who? I don't, I love being liked, okay? So I wouldn't want to be hated by my classmates right? But it's understanding that that rejection cannot be your identity. And many times we make rejection our identity. Whether it be rejection from your boyfriend, rejection from your girlfriend, rejection from your best friends, we make that become our identity. And we step away from that place of knowing that we're the favored son. We're the favorite one. And I could give you a list of examples of how I basically made rejection my own identity. Part of my story, I said I was a people pleaser, right? So when it comes to friends, I have a long history with them. And since I have long history with them, for me, I was always the people pleaser. So nobody really hated me. Nobody really had some beef with me. They, they were just like, Tina is the nice girl. Don't mess with her. (laughs) So it was actually very easy for me because people actually protected me too. But there was this time in high school, I played the middleman. So because I'm a people pleaser, I seriously go this way (laughs) and this way all the time. But I played the middleman. And what happened was my group of friends, that group of seven friends, they split. For a very immature reason, I won't really say what it is because it's just really immature. One, you know, half of them studied abroad in France. Half of them studied in Spain. (laughs) You guys can make up the story from there. But basically, I was the only one that studied Japanese, okay? And I sit in the middle, (laughs) right? And I was good friends with both ends. Both ends. And slowly, one end thought that I was friends with this end, so they slowly rejected me. Very immature reason, right? But can it's so easy for us to reject people it's so easy to make feel people feel like meh. to make people feel like they're not included to make people feel like they're not loved it's so easy for us just even like eye contact for me i'll be like oh, i don't feel loved i feel rejected that's my identity no one likes me that is me tina no one likes tina okay I don't think that anymore. But (laughs) I'm just saying that's what we can do, and we can make rejection become our identity. Another example. We can make our adversity, the change in our atmosphere, environment, What? Not become our identity. In verses 23 to 24, Joseph's brother stripped him of his robe. Okay? And like I said, the robe signified the father's favor over Joseph. Right? And because of that, Joseph was sold into slavery. He was sold into slavery um, in verses 39, 1 through 5. And he was sold, uh, 1 through 6. He was sold into slavery. However, what was so interesting is that Joseph found favor in Potiphar's, I keep on saying Potiphar. I don't know why. I'm so sorry. Potiphar. Potiphar's, he found favor in Potiphar's eyes. Don't say Potiphar, okay? Okay. <laughs> and Joseph, though his environment changed, Joseph became he was once the father's favorite son, running to the pasture saying, like tattleting on his brothers, he got thrown into pit, and then all of a sudden his brother sold him into slavery. How would you feel? How would you feel? It's like, I'm the favorite son. I'm the favorite son. And your environment, your dad told you that all the time. But now you're away from your father. And now you are in a land that you are not aware of. It's a different environment, right? And not just that, you are a slave. You're the lowest of low. You're the lowest of low. For me, it was so easy to identify myself as someone that didn't have a well-off family, right? And, and a lot of times, don't we make even money our identity? And, and Joseph, he basically became someone that didn't have anything. He was a slave. He was working. He was not even considered a human, Yet, if you read the passage, I'll just summarize it. Joseph found favor in Potiphar's eyes. And not just that, Joseph was the top of the top slaves. I know that sounds funny, but that's pretty awesome. Okay? He was the top of the top. Joseph found favor. And what distinguished him was he knew he was the favorite son. Okay? And so, no matter what Joseph did, He served with the spirit of excellence. So he's like, I'm fine. I'm a slave. I see it. I'm a slave. But I'm going to sweep this floor with excellence and make it as clean as possible. I'm a slave, but I'm going to put this light bulb up here and make it shine brighter than the other lights. I'm a slave, but I'm a slave, but, and he's like, I'm going to do my best because why? He represented his father. He knew he was the favorite son, so he represented his father, right? And so he did everything with excellence. Everything. So for Joseph, he might have assumed the position of a slave, but he didn't identify identify himself as one. He did not allow adversity to speak into his identity. He didn't allow it. But can we say that that's easy? Many times, can't we find ourselves even slacking because we're at a low position? It's like, for me, I was an intern. I'm like, oh, I'm an intern. I'm not even getting paid. Why do I have to work hard? Why? I'm not getting paid. I don't represent anything. I, instead, I get bitter. Instead, I'm like, why am I here? As a student, you're working in a group project, and you're not the leader. You're the follower. You're the one that's finding all the research information, and you're the one where people tell you to do whatever. Like They tell you what to do. Right? And they're like, hey, go and run and run some errands. Go buy some stationery. Go, go, go buy some pens. We need it for this group project. Will you be going out with and run and be like, okay, I represent my father? And then get those pens and post it and, and get the best ones because you know that you're favored? Honestly, if I was in that position, I'm like, heck no. I'll sit there and be like, hmm. And I'd go, to like the, I'd go to, like, the closest convenience store, get the crappiest post-it, post-it get the junkiest dong pen. I would not get the best stuff. But what makes me wonder is, I'm in that group project, right? And nobody knows I'm a Christian. No one knows that, right? And so now here I am getting the junkiest stuff, getting dong pen and being like, I don't want to do this anymore. Because I'm not the leader, and you're telling me what to do nonstop. Am I your slave? No. You need to respect me, too. I know this sounds absurd, but a lot of times we feel that. Like, you're in a group project, and if you're the one that's, like, doing all the dirty work, or you're the one that's already, like, there's always that one person that doesn't do anything, and you end up doing everything, and you get bitter, Joseph, as a slave, he could have gotten super bitter. You're like, man, I was my father's favorite son. How could my brothers sell me into slavery and now I'm a slave? Yet Joseph did not put himself in a position as a, uh, of a Like, he didn't place his identity as a slave. So what I'm saying is this, for us, we represent the father. And when you know you're the father's favorite son, you do all things with excellence. It doesn't matter how low of a position it is. It doesn't matter how high of a position it is. You do everything with excellence because it's not your, it's not you, right? Everything that you do is not your identity, right? But you're representing the father. You're representing the Father. So part of what we should desire is that when people see us, even if they don't know that we're Christian, there there has to be that, that tug in their hearts being like, there's something different about this person. There's something different about this student. How come they work with such excellence yet they're, what they're doing is So minuscule and pitiful. How come they do it so well? Your professors, they should recognize that about you guys. There's something different about this student. Even that one paragraph assignment that I give them every day, this student, I know they put effort into it. I know that they try their best. It's because you know that you're the father's favorite son and that you represent the father. For me, in ministry, I actually went home this past winter. Right? And this is a mixture of both rejection and just a change in um, what I do. But like, my family, right, they know, they actually expected me to do a lot of amazing, like, to make a lot of money, right, and then they found out that I'm doing ministry, okay, and so immediately the way that my family, my, not my mom's family, my dad's family responds to me is, it's not even like a outright, like, You failed our family. You are a failure. It's like very subtle and passive-aggressive, like super passive-aggressive, right? And so the way that they um, treat me, like when I went home to – on New Year's Day, for example, right? I'm now – I've graduated. It's been a couple years since I graduated college. For my family, if you graduate college, you don't get sebeton, New Year's Day money. You don't get it, okay, because you have a job. That makes sense, right? So for me, I went. I'm like, I'm not going to get money. Whatever. It's fine. Okay? Guess what happens? I get money. It sounds great, right? <laughs> <laughs> but at that moment, I felt like my pride was getting, like, drilled out of me. Because the way that they gave it to me was I bowed, and they're like, basically, in, in a more derogatory form, they're like, since you don't have a job, you're a pek Here's money. And the, because of that, every one of my family members, they're like, oh, I didn't expect to give you money, but here. 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 And and for me, in my mind, I could have been like, "Um, I'm not some poor person. I have a job. Right? <laughs> I have people supporting me. Right? And I could have... Like, that's if I didn't know who I was and I didn't know that God favored me, if I didn't know that God placed me here and that He placed me home for that, like, for that period of time, like, if I made that rejection my identity, I would have been like, I'm leaving Korea. I need to work really hard now. I need to make a lot of money to help my family and give them a name. I need to um, give honor to my mom and dad, right, by making a lot of money and then giving it to my dad's family. And I know that sounds all great, like a lot of us, we feel that, however, For me, I knew God placed me here. I knew that this is where I'm supposed to be. I know it. And so I know that I'm God's favorite son. So it doesn't matter how my family will respond to me, how they will treat me, right? Because I know the vision behind what I'm doing. And like Joseph, Joseph also had a dream. And he knew he was the favorite son, but he had a dream. Right? And so, Joseph was not phased. I, as well, was not phased. Okay? <laughs> One thing that we also notice about Joseph is when he walked in favor, right, and he received the favor of Potiphar's, he received favor from Potiphar, right, it's making it very clear, when you guys know who you are, favor will automatically come. When you know and you walk with confidence, being like, I am the favorite son, I am the favorite son, favor will automatically come, and I'm, I'm sure some of you guys already experienced it, and maybe some people might think, oh, this is just coincidence, or they like my personality or whatnot, but you're God's favorite son. Then His favor is all over you. People can't help but to not notice it. Like they, they will. It just reeks of favor. Reeks is a sort of it's not it's an ugly word. It it overflows with favor, right? And so, yes, for myself in my t- in terms of my family, it might be like. I'm no longer the favorite child because they thought I would, like, make a lot of money and whatnot. But then because God's called me to walk in that identity, right, slowly even the friends that rejected me are coming back because they're like, I want what you have. I want what you have. I want what you have. And so friends even, my friends that I looked up to now, I can confidently say they're looking up to me not out of cockiness. There's a difference, my friends. Okay? <laughs> um, but going back to the story of Joseph, the last point that I want to make is um, that Joseph didn't allow temptation to define his identity. Let's read um, verses 39, 7 to 23. I w- no, let's not read that. It's very long, but in this passage, basically, um, Joseph gets tempted by Potiphar's wife. Okay, and it's because Joseph was very good looking. Okay, and so <laughs> Potiphar's wife was attracted to him, and what she thought, what she did, was not right. But she was attracted to him, so she seduced him, right, and she tempted him. And what she said in verse 12 is, um, verse 11, but one day when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was there in the house, she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. As soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, see, he has brought among us the Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. That angers me. <laughs> that angers me. Potiphar's wife lied. How dare she? Right. But w- before that, what happened? She caught him by his garment. Okay. Said lie with me. That's mad, scandalous. But he he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. I don't know if Joseph was completely nude, naked, but he didn't even like he didn't for us like let's say like we were in the house and not getting tempted, but you know you always run with your clothes. Okay? So you won't you <laughs> just leave it there. Just this I like that feeling of wanting um it's just you know when you wear clothes, you feel more safe. You feel covered, right? So you don't want to run around naked, right? But Joseph, he didn't even allow that garment to touch him. Why? Because it was a garment that signified her, like, temptation. So he didn't even let it touch him. And many times with temptation, we allow temptation to become our identity. So whether it be, oh, I... Thought of a lustful, something lustful, okay? You guys are adults. I thought of something lustful. Oh my gosh, I am, I'm I'm sick-minded. I am a sick-minded person. I can't control myself. What's wrong with me? Oh, I thought about stealing that shirt. Oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm a klepto now. I'm a klepto. I thought about puking. Man, I ate so much. I ate so much. And I don't like myself for eating so much. And I thought about releasing that food and letting it go. I'm bulimic. I thought about not eating. Oh, I'm anorexic now. so easy for us to make those things our identity so easy that was the extreme but here i study this is not a temptation but i study really well i'm a genius (laughs) but i'm sorry that's not your identity that's not The enemy wants you to create some form of identity. And in this case, with temptation, the enemy wants you to identify with your temptations. Man, I had this crazy urge to drink. I'm an alcoholic. That sounds funny, but it's so true sometimes. And you identify yourself with that. Right? Right? let me tell you this temptation is just a temptation. The enemy also tempted Jesus. Did Jesus sin? Did he have even a speckle of sin? No, but Jesus was tempted. Joseph, he could have identified himself with, I'm a, what's the best way to say it? I seduce women, therefore I am a womanizer. (laughs) Thank you. I'm a womanizer. I was thinking a lot of other not good stuff. I am a womanizer. Was he a womanizer? No. He was tempted. Like, he was good looking. He did. He tempted this woman, but also he was tempted by what she was doing too. So a lot of times we see it, that one side where she tempted him, she like, no, 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 where he tempted her, but also in this case, he probably was also tempted. She was probably a very beautiful woman as well. She had money. He didn't have the greatest status, so honestly, he could have done something. He could have, and then been like Potiphar's wife's mister. (laughs) Mister? He could have, and then she could have been his sugar mama, right? It, It could have happened. So Joseph, too, was tempted, but he did not allow that temptation to define his identity. He left the garment and he ran. What I'm saying to you guys is this. You guys can be tempted. And especially being an exchange student and here in Korea for four years, one year, however long you may be here, there's so many temptations. So many. Especially in Korea. It could be the extremes. You know, like you could be tempted to get plastic surgery because... Everywhere around you, there's a plastic surgery advertisement. So you're going to be tempted and be like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. So I'm tempted to get my eyes done. There's a bar at every single corner. I am tempted to drink. I'm tempted to party. I'm tempted to just go into the bar. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. I'm just tempted. I, I'm tempted to buy every single outfit out there in Korea. (laughs) That was my temptation. I got so tempted to like buy every single thing I saw in Korea. And then I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so materialistic. I'm a materialistic girl. (laughs) There's so many temptations out there. For girls, there's temptations with guys. Yeah, yeah, I said it. (laughs) When I was in exchange, student, let me be real with you guys? SK Global did not exist. It did not exist. We had the eye house, and I had ghetto, ghetto, ghetto eye house. It was, we did not have elevators, okay? It was mad ghetto. Like there was mosquito everywhere, blood smearing, and it was bad, right? But what I'm saying is, what happened? not my semester, but the semester my semester, they actually separated the girls and guys. I'm getting sort of rated PG-18, f- okay? <laughs> it's, it's sort of like, the, they separated us because semesters before then, <laughs> girls were getting pregnant. The devil is a liar. So what I'm saying is this. A simple temptation Don't make that your identity. Because once you make that identity, you will follow through. You will follow through. So temptation, let it hit your thought. Just get rid of it. That's not me. That was not me. Because let me know you there's the enemy. He he likes to sow in little seeds here and there. Because what is his goal? For you to walk into destruction. So what I'm saying is, let that temptation go in. Let it go out right away. Don't establish yourself in it. Because what does happen is temptation. Oh, I really, really want to drink. The enemy says, you want to drink, don't you? It's easy. Drinking is not bad, you guys. But when it hits debauchery, it's bad. And any place that's in, places that temptation in, all right, it's not going to hurt. Then you go and get a drink. And then you can see things Escalating to something else. Don't let temptation become your identity. Don't let it touch you. You guys have so much authority over temptation more than you think. Joseph knew that, right? So he didn't even let him touch him. He didn't even leave a remnant of it. The garment, he's like, you could have it. And he ran out, hopefully with some stuff on. But he ran out, okay? He ran out, and he did not, not let the identity, the temptation become his identity. This semester has just started. It has just started, and and like I said, rejection, adversity, temptations will come your way. You may be rejected just because you're a Christian. People may place you in positions where it's like that—that that becomes your identity. Like, for example, um, in the group projects where you are put as like the lowest of lows, right? And you might be like, okay, I'm forever, I am a follower, that is my identity. I am never going to be a leader. Because you're always placed in those positions, right? Temptation. Like I said, there's going to be so many temptations that come your way. But if there's one thing I want to leave with you guys is this. The most important thing is, that you are a favored son and daughter. The reason why I just say son is because in this time, sons were the ones that received the inheritance. That's why. But it includes both sons and daughters. But you are a son. That means that when you walk in in the confidence of the father's love for you, you cannot be moved. It cannot, it cannot become um, your identity. Nothing can. And every decision that you make in this semester is not based upon what you do. Really, in the end, it, this might be soothing for some people, but God brought you here. So in the end, really, he's going to fulfill what he wants for you. It doesn't matter what choice you make, really. But the great thing about God is that he wants us to take part in it, too. And faith is not just knowing that you're a favorite son, but it's acting like one. Faith is acting like one. You put your faith into action. And all those things, I gave you actions, right? You put your faith into action. And so this semester, my challenge to you guys is put your faith into action, knowing that you're a favorite son, Then nothing can move you. I want you guys to close your eyes. I know that this message spoke to each and every one of you. I know it. Because in this society, it's so easy to place our identity on, on other things. Whether it be, I'm an amazing student. I'm a straight A student. Whether it be mm, I'm a loner. Whether it be I'm inadequate. Whether it be I'm someone that tempts people rather um, or someone that's rejected or someone that cannot be loved. It's so easy for us to place our identity on things, on different even like characteristics, personalities as well. I am funny then you place your identity on you being funny but I feel like the Lord is saying in this season, in this semester you guys are here because he wants you to know that before you do anything before you do anything you are a favored son You're his favorite son and daughter. And at this time, I want those that know that you've been placing your identity on other things. You know it, but you don't want that to be you anymore. I want you to stand up.